Hey, thanks everyone for joining us for another podcast about our San Antonio Forward series. Uh, really fun podcast today and some wonderful guests. Uh, we have Mayor Ron Nuremberg for, from San Antonio, of course. Uh, Rebecca Villagran, former city councilwoman, president of South Texas Business Partnership. And then we have Ramiro Garza Jr., mayor from Edinburgh. And we're here to talk about the region, right? The South Texas region and how to um, kind of build on the natural connections that exist between San Antonio, the RGV, and even into Northern Mexico. So thanks to all three of you for being here. And of course, you're, you've had a busy day of meetings. There's a South Texas Mayor's Alliance. So why don't we just start there, talk about what is happening with this mayoral alliance, why now, and why is it so necessary as, as the region sort of uh, tries to market itself as, as, as this larger uh, international uh, region? Well, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll start. Yeah. Um, you know, San Antonio and the Rio Grande Valley almost share common, and in fact, they do share a common familial lineage. lineage. We're basically siblings in Texas. Um, you know, you can go to any uh, public event in San Antonio and ask people, you know, who here is from the RG RGV? And about half the people raise their hand. So there's so much in common just from a cultural standpoint with San Antonio and RGV that I think there's a recognition finally that if we're proactive about combining our strengths, we can leverage those strength strengths for the collective benefit of our communities. And so we began um, earlier this year in the spring of, of having some meetings. We had lunch at Arturo's in Westlaco and talked about how the fact that, you know, in, in previous years, leaders would get together maybe once a decade and that here we are again getting together a decade later. But we need to be working together more collaboratively, more regularly. And so let's put together uh, an organization, an alliance of cities, of mayors, uh, that we can begin to do that structurally, proactively, recognizing the collective political and economic strength that we have that when we unify our voice towards whatever collective goal we can identify. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 thank you, Mayor, for hosting us today. We've been meeting in different areas and uh, today was in San Antonio. We learned quite a bit. And uh, but Mayor Nairberg is correct. I, it's just about coming together and sharing what South Texas is, is all about. You know, we are um, if you include Mexico from Monterey to the northern uh, border community and then South Texas, it's over 10 million people, you know, and for us, I think the important thing is to make sure that uh, we understand what is happening in our entire area because uh, there's a lot that we can learn from one another. But the important thing here is that uh, how do we best position South Texas for the future? And I think when you look at what's happening here in San Antonio, and a lot of the things that are happening in the Rogan Valley, uh, you'll find that when you bring all that together, as Mayor Nirenberg is talking about, um, we'll be able to leverage resources to not just politically to bring more attention to our area, but also from an economic standpoint, um, we're a very strong uh, coalition uh, coming together. And I think by mayors coming together, it shows the interest from the communities uh, that we do care uh, about defining our area because we're the ones that know and live here in our area versus uh, having others define our area for what they portrayer to be uh, when we know exactly what South Texas is about. Uh, so that's where we've come together. You know, before we turned the cameras on, uh, we were chatting, you know, and and one of y'all made made the point about how 
uh, I think it was you, Rebecca, about how international this South Texas is in terms of the hub. So, so let's talk about, you know, you, you, uh, we had just talked about defining the area, t- defining the South Texas region, right? And, 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 and can you expand on, on the international connections that you think um, shape industry and, um, and sort of bridge uh, communities from Northern Mexico into all the way up to San Antonio? I think um, first, one of the things that is different, I'll, I'll say, from what was happened those two other decades ago is that the mayors have seen the foresight to include the business community, the edu- the economic development partners here, because as business grows and as, as that grows, that's going to stay. No matter who is in and out of office, they're laying the infrastructure to bring in the economic partners into this. That's what's been very different this time around that is going to help us build that initiative. And with that comes all of the bridges and all of the ports that are around um, the, the Rio Grande Valley and the other areas of the South Texas Triangle. But then you look at just with the um, trade agreements that we have, when you look at the companies that are both have footprints both in San Antonio, in South Texas and in Mexico, if you look at Toyota, if you look at Nature Suite, if you look at any other um, entity around the border, those are natural connections from northern Mexico, even up into San Antonio and then throughout the United States. I think that's continuing. We're continuing to build on that right now. I heard uh, Governor Abbott say many, many times that that Texas is now the ninth largest economy in the world. Underneath that uh, headline is what made us that way. And a huge part of that GDP growth is companies, businesses doing binational uh, networking and, and supply chains that bridge both sides of the U.S.-Mexico border. So what happens along the border region in Laredo, in the RGV area generally, um, is critical to virtually every other part of the Texas economy because so much of that fuel, um, figuratively, fuel is coming from that uh, international business, as Rebecca just described. Yeah, in one of our earlier op-eds, this number surprised me, but it's it stuck with me. Uh, the writer had mentioned... 17,000 trucks a day move through the Laredo port, mm-hmm. which, um, and oftentimes that's an average. So, you know, there are many days, there are many more. And, and so that is just, I mean, that's like a mind boggling number, right? Um, so then I think the question that I sort of have, if we're looking at that type of movement of goods, right, that, that start in Northern Mexico or actually go back and forth in the production, right? Cause things are, components are made here. They go across, they come back. What other infrastructure needs does the region have that that need to be addressed to maximize economic potential or growth? You know, we talk about these in economic terms, GDP, but actually what we're talking about are people's lives, their livelihoods. So what what would you like to see happen regionally, whether it's kind of a unified voice around highway infrastructure or it's workforce development? Um, what, what needs to happen to sort of... Uh, you know, maximize the potential here. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll just, <laughs> all, I, all, all the above, but I'll, let me just touch on something that I told uh, Mayor Nirenberg when we first talked, I, I told him one of the things that, at least for, from our standpoint, the Rogan Valley, um, Edinburgh in particular, and then of course, Cameron County, um, there's an interstate designation, I'll call that, in, in the Rogan Valley, Interstate 2 and 
Interstate 69, you have Interstate 69 Central, which is through Edinburgh, and then Interstate 69 East uh, uh, Loop. Uh, but they all end north of our area. And I say end because then it's rural areas, right? Um, on, all the way to I-37. So one of the things that we've talked about is getting behind, uh, getting TxDOT and USDOT to fully fund connecting the Rogan Valley to the interstate system. Because we're probably the only area with over a million people with billions of dollars of, of trade that is crossing the ports of entry uh, in the valley that gets into an interstate system, then it goes into U.S. highway system, then back into an interstate system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the challenge is there's rural areas, to be fair, between the valley and north. Um, but you all, this is not something new around our country. Mm-hmm. You have rural areas everywhere that get uh, category exclusion, right? Because you're going through a rural area uh, to be designated interstate highway. And I think that's one, as an example, thing that we can all get behind because that not just this doesn't help the, the border valley communities that help San Antonio, the companies that are here, the logistics side of things, and and the, just the transportation of products uh, back and forth from Mexico. And and that's really the overall message, I guess, of the alliance is to get other parts, not sp- just specifically the the direct communities that are impacted, but get the other parts of the state, in this case, San Antonio and the state generally, to view that as an economic priority for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, San Antonio should be supporting that request for infrastructure development, uh, in this case, the interstates, because it affects our trade uh, export activity and economic development. Uh, in the same way, you know, the hope is that by usula- utilizing our collective voice economically and again, politically representation, the rest of the country will begin to see Texas, particularly South Texas, as a priority. And we can begin to start seeing uh, our fair share of resources that are at the federal level uh, that are generated in this area already. And I think one of the things that was mentioned at our first meeting in July um, was Brooks had for since 2011 Brooks campus that we were at today has been going for what was a tiger grant now a raise grant for all of these years and have not been awarded that to connect to inner to loop 410 but it is not there has been no raise tiger whatever name it was grant that has gone south of Austin so there's a way that we can collectively work together to bring an east-west corridor to help raise attention for I-69 because it does have the impact with not just um, commerce, but safety, you know, mitigating safety hazards as well. Border infrastructure has been a, a very common uh, need and, and cause that um, border mayors and RGV area have been fighting for years. Mm-hmm. It's about time that the rest of the state recognize that it's a priority for our state economy as well. You know, um, we, before we started uh, recording, we talked a little bit about workforce um, and and the idea of, I guess, replicating the, the city's workforce program. So um, I'd like to hear your thoughts on, I guess, more broadly, the workforce development needs, because I think, you know, that that comes up. Frequently, uh, people talk about South Texas, and they they mention some of the obstacles are education levels or uh, finding the workforce to um, fill a company's expansion plans or, or so on. You hear these come up. So, how do we address the workforce? Con- what workforce concerns do you all hear? I guess first and foremost from employers, and how do those get addressed in a in a meaningful way? 
Well, I think they're pretty clear um, and they're universal all across this country. Businesses do not have the uh, amount of talent in those skilled vocations that they need to keep their businesses operating, or in many cases, especially here, growing. And so we have a great challenge regionally um, because of the amount of investment that we could see given our population growth to make sure that we're and that we're skilling, educating the workforce of tomorrow. If we can do that, given the population growth and the fact that our median age is much lower than other areas of the country, so we have a future in this. If we can do that successfully, it is an enormous economic advantage for this region because this is, this is where the, the companies, uh, the businesses, the enterprises of the future can find uh, their place to invest and make their businesses grow. You know, one of our strengths for, for the entire South Texas, San Antonio down to the Valley, is that we have a very young uh, labor force. I mean, our median age, at least in Edinburgh, is 29, as an example, right? But our local, our superintendent, our school district, which is about 35,000 students, tells me that 60% of those that are graduating are moving on to, you know, some form of college or community school uh, nature. 40% are not. Okay. And so to me, it, it's that 40% also that, at least from my standpoint in our mm -hmm. community, that we need to make sure that, you know, we, that they don't continue, that trend doesn't continue in that way and that we find a way to provide them a skill, provide them, connect them in some way to our workforce, uh, so that they can be, so we can take advantage and really tout having this young labor force so we could have them train. I like what I heard today and ready to work, uh, very, very, impressive uh, program that, uh, you know, down in Edinburgh, down the Valley, we have different organizations doing some of the work that I see collaboratively been done by Ready to Work, but I'm looking forward to see how we can combine that. Our county judges launch a prosperity task force, and it's a way to, you know, reach out to not only that 40% I'm talking about, but, you know, those that are obviously uh, the hard to reach uh, population, our community, uh, and I'm looking forward to sharing with him what I learned today. I'm ready to work because I think there's uh, uh, something to learn from, and I think it's really having a benefit uh, in the region. And what's been critical with ready to work and workforce development is to have the business community at the table to share what are the areas that we, the business community, needs to have prepared, not just for the first three, five years, but even for the next 10 years to come and to train. And um, I think that was very well received, if, if I can say that from the mayor saying that it's not just we're not putting everything on the city government, but it's everybody together at the table coming up with solutions. Well, I, I would just say what's what's really important to understand about workforce development, though, is, is just how much in the South Texas area, which um, co correlates so much to communities of color in our country, but specifically in this area, is the fact that we have high index, uh, large no uh, amount of generational poverty. And so if we can create access to education for good jobs for our communities now, this kind of uh, effort regionally is the way we can end cycles of generational poverty. That is one of the reasons why we're overlooked in the South Texas area. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll just add real briefly also that I think the key here, uh, I, I think you're exactly right, Mayor, is exposure. 
in my mind. In fact, myself, I, I wouldn't have even gone to college if I wouldn't have participated in a, it was called Youth Opportunities Unlimited. It was a program, I was in eighth grade, entering freshman, that I was able to live at the Pan American campus, a dormitory for eight weeks. And it gave me a sense of being a first generation, you know, uh, individual going into college. Nobody I knew in my family had gone to college. That exposure helped me greatly. And this is, we're talking about years, years ago that I think we need to have more of those programs available to expose our kids, especially <clears throat> those that, you know, have not had anybody in their family, uh, you know, go to, you know, higher education uh, of that sort. So. No, I, I appreciate that. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, we had we ran a commentary in the Essay Forward series this past Sunday. It was it was paired with yours. It's from Rogelio Science, who's a demographer at UTSA, and I thought the commentary was incredibly interesting for a number of reasons. But one of them is he 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 wrote about um, the what I'll call the young Latino demographic, right? And and he made this comment that all the job growth in in South Texas basically is the young Latino demographic. And then he had this caveat to it that said, but the economic prosperity will be limited because of basically systemic long generational socioeconomic challenges. And so I think that gets to your point of there's this job growth, there's a, a particularly youthful demographic uh, that that is very much ascendant in South Texas, right? And in Texas in general. But then there are, there's this almost this generational um, uh, these generational challenges, right? That, like being uh, your first time, you're potentially a first time, first generation college uh, student, right? Or uh, your you you your family lacks resources, and so it's, it's college is almost inaccessible, and that that can limit the potential. So I think I don't know. I mean, that's a million dollar question, but it's how do you how do you crack that code, right? Well, I I love the fact that. Uh, Dr. Sines has right. been talking about this and Dr. Sines and Dr. Murdoch have, have all said the South Texas area is what the rest of the country will look like yeah. uh, in 20, 30 years from now. So what I love most about what we're doing uh, in this region on workforce collaboratively is the fact that we're figuring out what America's challenges in the future. And so when America wakes up and recognizes that you know, this issue is one they cannot ignore. They're going to be looking at what we've created in South Texas, here in San Antonio, ready to work, the other similar programs as the way to create that kind of inclusive prosperity and, and make sure that people have uh, sustainable lives and can afford to live in the communities that they uh, want to live, work and play in. Yeah. And, and I think the other important thing, too, is there is a lot more. I, I mentioned that, wow, you youth opportunities. Pro, there's a lot of those programs of, available. And and here in San Antonio, what I learned today is so many of them and, and down in the valley. I think the key is how do we sustain them? Right. Because what happens is, um, you know, some of these come with limited or short term funding. Uh, at least in our particular case, we've looked at how do we continue things to be sustained so that they can carry on. Um, because this is not going to be something that could be addressed uh, in a year, even five years. It, it's got to continue uh, and have an impact uh, through different generations uh, of families uh, to really help improve uh, their way of being. 
And if I could add to the workforce and being in the South Texas region, for example, Navistar, you know, they're here, they're growing, they have their research and development arm here. They're looking at Monterey Tech for engineers to come and work up hmm. here. They're working with other universities and they're willing to bring whatever curriculum it is to help build that workforce. And whatever they're working with, that's going to also help the entire region as they're continuing to grow. So it's not just, again, in Texas, it's reaching into Mexico as well. And one of the things that I think was definitely discovered today was there are so many more um, things that we can talk about and learn from one another as well through this whole conversation. You know, the um, I'm going <clears> to <throat> dwell on Dr. Sainz's uh, op-ed just for one more question at least. Um, you know, we're talking about a region, of course, and, you know, San Antonio is a large city in the region. Rio Grande Valley is a very large, sprawling metro area. Um, but there's there's uh, quite a bit of rural in, in South Texas. Uh, and, and one thing that stood out to me in Dr. Sainz's, in Rogelio's commentary was the rural regions, rural parts of South Texas are not growing. Uh, the population's declining. The demographics are older. So um, there's, you know, we've seen other, we had, we had an, a commentary from Jordana Barden. Uh, there's, there's, there are fiber wire, you know, broadband issues in, in, in rural South Texas. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts about how, um, how the Alliance, how the South Texas Business Partnership can address these rural concerns that are, you know, I mean, it's a huge part of the region, maybe not in terms of population, but it's a really important part. And it almost seems like there's a, a, a very stark rural, urban, suburban divide in South Texas. You know, that, that's a very good point that you're bringing up uh, because I was uh, saying earlier today how the Rogan Valley used to be rural in nature, right? It just in itself. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I think all the U.S. Department of Agricultural designation apply to most of the Rogan Valley. Um, so now the valley, as an example, I'll talk about the valley. We're 47 cities, <laughs> incorporated municipalities in the four county area. Um, a lot of those are rural in nature. Right. But what's happened is we've all grown into one another. Right. At least in, in, in our region. Um, and so one of the challenges that we have, at least in our area, is that a lot of the access to funding, particularly when there's a disaster, let's say there's a hurricane or there's a you know storm event and this whole state of Texas and our counties are designated as a disaster recovery, all the funding that is available still follows formulas based upon, you know, whether you're ruled or, or you're, so you'll find like the Rogan Valley, we're very limited in accessing funding for some of our residents to rebuild, as uh, just as an example. Um, but that can easily be fixed by, you know, changing the uh, the, the policy, you know, how, how the agencies, uh, uh, they call it the legislative, um, the uh, congressional uh, language, I guess, that's built into the agencies, how they fund things. So all the funding that's approved, there's millions of dollars, but it's thrown into these agencies that have to follow policies that um, for us, it's limited in accessing, right, even though we're designated. Um, and that, that's something that we really do need to look at, I think, as an alliance, because to answer your question directly, how can this help the areas that are rural in nature? Well, this gives them a voice that didn't have before, mm -hmm. right? By all the, the alliance, all the areas coming together, 
advocating for, uh, as an example in that, changing the way that agencies uh, fund um, you know, housing to FEMA, you know, access to, to, to capital infrastructure dollars. We're talking about NADBank today. A lot of these things, I think, could help uh, rural areas in nature. Um, and, and I think that's how this alliance could help tremendously. That's one of the missions of South Texas Business Partnership as we continue to go down, let's say, I-37 into the Rio Grande Valley up to Corpus. You see the... Um, and I did read the article about how so many of the counties are losing population. Right. Yeah. And it's for many reasons. But now you're also seeing people coming in and buying land and turning it over into housing, et cetera. But that's where we also want to come in, work with the rural communities and say, let's you know work collaboratively together to see how the development will come forward, you know. But I will say one of the other reasons is um, access to education and access to healthcare. If there's not access to education and healthcare in some of the counties, that's one of the big things that we hear is we need to have access to healthcare because in the rural counties, you see a lot of older population as well, and they need to have that access to healthcare. So that's where it's becoming difficult and almost unsustainable for some of the rural counties because where are they going unless they have somebody else advocating where is that money going to come from so we have to do a better job um, listening and also advocating well that's part of our mission um, with south texas partnership yeah and i would just add this is a continuation of what we've seen as the rapid urbanization of the state i mean the populations are concentrating around those resources. And in this case, uh, the Rio Grande Valley now has seen some of the uh, highest amounts of medical uh, and educational investments, higher educational investments in our state. So, um, you know, it, it's not surprising, uh, but but as has been stated, we use that collective voice uh, to be able to, to rally resources in the areas that can best serve those communities. It's um, just shifting gears a bit. Um, SpaceX is not in Edinburgh, but it's in Brownsville. Brownsville is at the table. Right. Yeah. yeah Brownsville is uh, at the John, table. Uh, Mary John Cowan was here, right. today. He was here yeah. today. How does, but how does, speaking of the Valley, how does SpaceX change the Valley? Well, it's, it's SpaceX and it's uh, the port, the LNG terminals. I mean, there's over $20 billion in investment right now happening, you know, down in Brownsville in the port area. Um, oh, how does that change? Because uh, it's our, our, our labor in our workforce. Um, those are jobs for our region as opposed to them leaving elsewhere. They can stay in our region. And so I think how that benefits, I mean, there's over 5,000 people they're looking for right now. Today, there was a, a supply fair in Brownsville happening. Um, and I had some of our folks go out there uh, from the city because they're going to need, they, they need so many people, they need thousands. And so how that provides opportunities, you know, SpaceX uh, from one standpoint is, is that opportunities, a lot of uh, uh, need for labor in that area. But then also, it, it's another sense of what is possible in South Texas, right? I mean, SpaceX coming here, mm -hmm. it kind of you know shares a bit about our area and what we have to offer. Um, and it, it, it sure will help us tell our story about the opportunities that are here. And uh, I mean, you know, it's exciting what's happening there in Brownsville and uh, it's really having a positive impact in our region. Not dissimilar, and I'm, I know Rebecca will agree, to what Toyota meant for the regional economy sure. uh, in, in this part. I mean, now you have 
all sorts of automotive manufacturing activity and, and manufacturing that goes beyond automotive, but really arguably the, the tipping point for that was the location of the Toyota plant and San Antonio. Now you see suppliers, now you see offshoots of other manufacturers here because of the workforce. So South Texas, Brownsville, space, um, uh, what's happening there is going to, in my view, is going to have a similar impact specifically in that industry. This question is really for the two of you. Um, uh, do you, and let me preface it by saying it's really not either or, right? But do you, do you feel like we in San Antonio, do we, do we spend too much energy looking north toward Austin and how San Antonio compares or fits with Austin? And, and I'm just curious, you know, or should we be directing more attention south? Is it, uh, how does that, how does that work? Or not work. You want to go first? I'll go first. Um, I think that we, well, we are. My focus and my mission has been and is South and South Texas. And I think that has been, I think we need to, we need to prioritize. We, when I say we, I mean um, local, state, federal, prioritize when it comes to infrastructure and other um, elements that we need to have in South Bear County and in South Texas. I think that's extremely important, but we can't necessarily do that unless we have that relationship with Austin as well. One thing that I will say is we have looked, we as in SOTEC, South Texas Business Partnership, we have looked at what's happened in the region and we are, we are identifying all the lessons learned from what has happened there and how we can pivot and course correct when it comes to from San Antonio all the way to the Rio Grande Valley. So I think um, I don't, we're not comparing ourselves. We at SOTEX, we're not comparing ourselves because we have a lot of work and a lot of opportunity to go right now. Uh, and I, I would agree with all that. And I would also say that, you know, I, I've spent 43 of my 46 years on this earth um, most of them in San Antonio, but I, I uh, spent the first 15 years of those in Austin. Um, yes, there's an awful amount or awful lot of, of energy spent thinking about what other communities might or might not have that uh, we have not historically had in San Antonio. Um, and I think, first of all, uh, the Austin San Antonio Metroplex is extremely important. And we've got to do our work. And, and frankly, there needs to be rail that goes from, you know, Oklahoma City to Monterey. Um, and, uh, you know, we need to continue to push politically uh, on the state to help us make that happen. Um, but if we don't realize what's on our uh, doorstep collectively between uh, the border, Rio Grande Valley, and San Antonio, Texas, we are missing an enormous mm -hmm. generational opportunity mm -hmm. to create uh, not only wealth for communities that are here, uh, opportunity and economic mobility for communities that have never had it before, uh, but we're also totally missing the boat on what's right underneath our noses. This is one shared family already. And so just because we're, you know, a couple hundred miles away doesn't mean we can't start proactively working on the things that make us even stronger. Because at the end of the day, you go to a, a, a living room in, you know, a random house in, in, uh, in Edinburgh or you go to the same 
uh, random house in San Antonio, the conversations are often the same, the challenges are the same, uh, but the aspirations are also the same. And, and we have the opportunity to realize those if we work together. Let's wrap there. I think that's a good spot. 